Hello and welcome to another Expert Insights show. Each show, your host Donna Hansen interviews an expert on the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and profit both in business and personally. And now, here's your host, Donna Hansen. Hello and welcome to this Expert Insights episode. I'm Donna Hansen. In this Expert Insights episode, we speak with online event host, producer and MC Warwick Merry. Warwick is a certified speaking professional or CSP, a certified virtual presenter, CVP, and past national president of Professional Speakers Association of Australia. He has evolved into an online host, an online event producer and MC. Warwick's also spent over 10 years working in the IT industry, so he knows how important it is to take advantage of the benefits technology offers while not letting it take advantage of you. He's got two business degrees, a Bachelor of Applied Science in Computing and a Bachelor of Business Accounting. Awesome. He worked for an IT outsourcing and consulting company and in 1999, Warwick took advantage of an opportunity and started his own business, Mary Mentality, where he worked with organisations on cultural change, team activation and started his keynote speaking career. Fast forward 20 years and now he has a different business, a different wife, I always chuckle when I see that, and a different modality for presenting. Along the way, Warwick's discovered his passion for hosting events and has become known as one of the top 10 professional MCs in Australia. In 2020, the world of live events changed due to the COVID-19 virus. His work with theatre, improv and singing meant that he had the background knowledge on what it took to create a good studio environment, as well as what it took to engage an audience through the lens. His IT history meant he became adept in the common conference platforms very quickly, and his clients loved that he could help them design and build sessions, run the technology, and host it, as well as be the online MC, a true all-in-one experience. So let me welcome Warwick Merry. Hi, Warwick. Welcome. Ah, oh, superb to be here. That's one heck of an introduction. I'm almost having flashbacks after going back to that. <laughs> Well, it's, it's great to have you, and I, I know, um, aside from this, you and I are, are really good mates, and, um, you know, we we both have, like, a mutual admiration society for the things each other is doing and the adaptations we've all had to make as a result of, of COVID. So um, let's get this show on the road, Warwick. Um, you I'm, have a, I'm with it. <laughs> you have a pretty impressive background, and I'm sure there are so many organisations around the world really struggling with the shift to online from in-person events. What have you noticed? It's really interesting. Um, To me, technology like fire is a brilliant tool, but a poor master. And too often people go, oh, well, the technology does that without saying, no, 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 you've got to drive it. So sometimes they are at the limit of the technology or they don't know enough about it. So they might have an older computer and they go, oh, we'll just use this particular software. Really commonly is Zoom. And they're like, well, how come I can't do all these things? Well, your computer's not powerful enough or you don't have the right camera set up or the right sound set up or you haven't, there is a few subtle things that you need to do. And then there's the whole, your behaviours are different. Your behaviours are set up for face-to-face. They need to change for online. So there's lots of little things you've got to do to get all your ducks in a row. Oh. Absolutely, and I'm sure we're going to uh, come up with some really great insights, ideas and conversation as we we go along in our short time together today. Um, I don't know about you, but I've seen some interesting and and pretty big mistakes 
presenting online and you've only got to look at some of the uh, people that are uh, being drawn in as experts in television in particular, the backdrops and all that sort of stuff. Or, and, and I think there was one that did the rounds with a, a guy on the BBC and uh, one of his kids came into his office as he was doing a live interview and the wife's come in and she's crawling on the floor and grabbed the child and dragged the child out and shut the door thinking nobody could see. What's the biggest mistake you've seen people make when presenting online? I love that footage. I love that footage for so many reasons. Uh, one of the main things I love about it is it shows that we are now ready for authenticity because the reaction wasn't, oh, my God, how unprofessional is that? The reaction was, oh, yeah, we've been there, done that, know what that's like. Like the number, I have a saying that it's not a real Zoom call until you see a cat's behind because the number of times you see a cat walk in front, um, but for that, it's really authenticity. And that, that was, uh, uh, they had that guy and his whole family come back on for an interview afterwards to talk about that situation. So what I think is real, what I love about this technology is we are allowed to be ourselves. We don't have to try and be someone else. And you'll see that if you look at news anchors, how they used to be to how they are now, they're a lot more relaxed and a lot more, you know, at home. Even just the quality of footage that they're using on TV news services, it is so low. Like, the, the out of sync, the words the, and the voice don't match, but they don't care anymore. It's a Zoom call, people know, or it's Skype or it's whatever. It's more acceptable. Um, there's been a lot of mistakes. And, and look, some of the basic mistakes are people not considering what their background is or understanding that their camera is on. Just recently, a woman, for whatever reason, took her laptop to the toilet um, at a school and has since resigned from the school. And uh, it's just... There are some crazy mistakes. And we talk, it used to be, you know, you know, when you're in a live event, oh, hey, don't forget, turn your microphone off if you go to the toilet. Well, now because your microphone's your phone and your camera's your phone, people take it everywhere. So we're seeing more that we probably don't necessarily need to see or people forget their microphone's on and they say some inappropriate things. Uh, there are so many issues. So basically it's they just haven't got the basics right. And typically anything that goes wrong is all about the basics and making sure you get those right. So um, one of the things that I've heard of is um, screen sharing and people sharing things on the screen, um, you know, such as in a group environment, they're sharing a, a document or something and then maybe, put, you know, without thinking that they're still sharing the screen, um, going on to something else that, that might not be something that people want, want being seen. Yeah, for sure. And it can be something as simple as your personal email and just knowing, you know, who, what your full email address is or who's been sending you emails. The recent American elections, because um, they're using smart TVs, sometimes they had different ads come down and an ad dropped down on a news service for Pornhub. Like, so there's some weird stuff that goes on. But yeah, it really is, again, it's making sure you understand how to use the technology and that you're using it appropriately and you're in control of it. And, and also, when you make a mistake, you go, oops, I made a mistake, and you move on. Don't let it floor you. Or define who you are on, online or, yeah, yeah, it's like you make a wrong turn in the car. You go, well, I'll go back and I'll do that again, you know. <laughs> um, so so that, that's good. It's being aware of some of those simple things and, and just being a little more observational and just a little bit more thought that you don't necessarily need to do if you're in a physical meeting. 
Very much so. Um, and I heard a saying many, many years ago, and I, and I have a funny feeling it's copyrighted, and so forgive me to whoever uh, wrote a speech with this, with this title, but it's like um, uh, elephant don't, elephants don't bite, but mosquitoes can kill. And what the meaning of that is, if there's a massive issue, like if your computer goes down, you're going to know it, you're going to do everything you can to fix it. It's all the little things. So all the little mistakes that you're making that, that will add up. So you want to try and have processes. And I know you and I are both into processes and checklists and stuff. When I'm producing an event for a client, I have a checklist. Even if it's just me in the control panel with all my computers, I have a checklist. Even if it's silly things like turn on the lights because sometimes I forget I've got three different lights that I use and if I miss one of them, the look's not right. And I have, because sometimes if it's a really bright day and I've got natural light coming in the window, I forget to put on the overhead light. Yet if a cloud comes across and I don't have that on, it's really noticeable. So it's just simple things. And once you've got all those ducks in a row, uh, you're less likely to have issues with that. And I think you make a really good point. We often assume that that everything we're doing online is automatic and that we should be able to adapt and adjust. But like any sort of process uh, that you, you go through, you learn to drive a car, there's a sequence of things, and after a while it becomes habitual. This sort of thing may eventually become habitual to people. But like anything, if you don't do something for a little while, even if it's 24 48 hours you know the software can change you know you've got different oh. lighting in your office or whatever so a checklist is really helpful oh the number of times uh, for some reason and it happens sometimes with my um, audio and video is that it just doesn't work how i want it to and i can't for the life of me work out what it is so i have to turn it off and then turn it on again and then it works but it's and I, and it's just this is technology, and so part of my process now is at the before everything I turn it all off, and I turn it all on. So at the very least, it's clearing out buffers, it's fixing because I run quite a complex system. It just it just gives me a reset point uh, that I can work from. And look, and it doesn't just happen to the the smaller single operator. It happens to the big boys. I was hosting an event recently for a big organisation that had paid big money for a big outside AV company. And halfway through, the main streaming unit, which they paid tens of thousands of dollars for, just decided, yeah, I think it's time to reboot and just rebooted itself. Um, and you could hear the squeals coming from the other room where the organisers were sitting. But we had, you know, we, we had prepared for that and we were able to recover from that and move on. And if anything... We are able to use it to add a bit of character to the event. So it was okay. And this is what happens is you've got to plan for it to not work, but it, it, it is understanding it's going to happen. It's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. Well, those sort of things happen in a live environment, don't they? Oh, for sure, all the time. God, the number of times that, you know, the overhead projector doesn't work or the microphone doesn't work or the lights don't work or something goes wrong or something falls from the ceiling or, you know. Mm. Now just Life little, happens. Just a little sidebar, because you just got me thinking as you were talking about restarting everything. Um, you know, 
I don't know about you, but I'm seeing people, I'm a stickler for being early. So if I go to a physical meeting, I'm always there five or 10 minutes beforehand because, you know, I'm worried if I've got the right location, do I know where to park or, you know, what's what's your approach to, to getting online? How much earlier than a start time uh, do you think it's important? You know, I, I mean, I know it's a little different as an MC, uh, but, you know, how much, how much earlier do you think people should get online to meetings or should they? just come in right on the time <laughs> i love the concept and i've been living this all my life i've inherited it from my father and it drives my wife crazy <laughs> i rush to wait so i'm the kind of guy who likes to be there nice and early just in case and that has served me well so many times i'll be going to the airport once i've got a flat tire on the way uh and it took me 12 minutes to change that tire because i timed myself uh but <laughs> It, what it meant was because I had that buffer, I could still get there with plenty of time and I wasn't worrying about it. I'm the kind of guy who drives on the top half of a fuel tank. By that I mean is once it gets to half full, that's when I fill it up. I don't wait for fumes. Um, so when it comes to online events, when I'm the host, I'm pretty much online an hour beforehand, 45 minutes. If I'm a guest speaker or something, I'm typically there... 15 to 20 minutes before it depends if it's just me on camera and i've been using my system so i know it works uh so maybe 15 minutes but if i want to test my slides and test everything i'm doing it's maybe half an hour so that that's what i it's and it depends on the size of the event as well so but but 15 minutes minimum is you know and even for this morning you know getting ready for this recording uh i was good to go beforehand at least 10 minutes um and before i jumped on mm, that's that's good advice um you know as i'm sure you've seen the people that come into a meeting and they're coming in right on the time or just after and it's the embarrassment and the flustering they go through or or you know they've missed out on a whole lot of information and they feel compelled to get you to fill them in yeah yeah and look and i know for a lot of my events it's not only am i there half an hour an hour earlier it's i run a tech rehearsal two or three days beforehand mm. because i want to i want to know that i've got everything covered i want my clients and my speakers to know that and even if i'm telling them information they already know i don't care i'd much prefer to repeat it than have them not know and rock up on the day and go right so you're sharing my slides are you i'm like i haven't got any slides for you and, and, you know, that's embarrassing when that happens and it can happen um, or they'll turn up and they'll go, I don't know how to share screen. And, and I've seen people do that as well. Or they'll try and share it, but their computer's updated and it's a different version of Word. Or I use Keynote and how do I look at myself? And, you know, so there's so many issues. So technical rehearsals are brilliant to just iron out those chunks and sometimes multiple technical rehearsals. Uh, and then that way everyone's happy. And it's all about everyone being calm because there's enough stuff going on without anyone getting all fired up and technology if anyone's not comfortable with technology technology just really riles people uh and so it's just a matter of just making sure everyone's comfy 
Yep. Look, uh, I'm exactly the same. When I'm um, hosting something for a client, uh, we'll always do a dress rehearsal the week prior uh, and I'll ask them to be on, you know, half an hour beforehand. If we, we've got a training program with clients, it'll usually be uh, I'll be online an hour prior and make sure that our team members are online about 45 minutes beforehand. We ask people to come on 15 minutes earlier. All this is designed to make people feel relaxed and comfortable. And I'm guessing from a, a meeting type perspective uh, if it's a platform that you're familiar with and it's like it's your team meetings that are regular in and out um, you'll develop your own protocol around you know what's accepted and what's not so you know it's about creating an expectation that you know if it's 10 o'clock it means that everybody is in and ready to go at 10 o'clock not that we're starting to log in at 10 o'clock and just being a bit more considerate about meeting timings and, and things like that because even though you can switch meetings with the click of a button um, in a physical sense if you were moving from meeting room to meeting room you have to allow some time in between uh, very much so and this is the thing it's it's I'm a, real, I'm a real stickler for starting on time. Timing is so important. And so it's just a, it's a very simple boundary. And people know with my stuff, I start on time. I might give them one or two minutes um, to just final people coming in, but I will have started. I will be talking. It's not dead air waiting. It's me talking to them and saying, hey, we've got a couple more people coming online. Chat, 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 chat. And... If there's, you know, no one likes back-to-back -back meetings. And so it is that whole like, hey, we only have meetings on the hour and max is 45 minutes. So there is that 15 minutes to check your email, check your messages, have a drink, water in, water out, whatever you've got to do. Um, so it is having that respect for your delegates or respect for people on the session so that they have time for that. And in the same way that during, if you've got an all-day session, you're going to have breaks throughout. And sometimes there are five-minute break that are just stand up, stretch, move around, get your body moving. And other times it's like, hey, it's lunch, go outside, stand on the ground somewhere, get some fresh air, blah, blah, blah. So it is just understanding what your audience need and what's going to help them get the optimum value out of the session you're running, uh, both physically, emotionally, mentally, and making sure you build that into what you're doing. Uh, and and just because we can doesn't mean we should. Like, just because we can do back-to-back -back meetings and change at the drop of a hat and be in different countries doesn't mean we should. Absolutely. So, Warwick, what are some of the tips uh, that you you could share to make events or even a simple online meeting more engaging and less sort of, you know, ho-hum? So I'm going to start with what I call the holy trinity. Oh, 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 <laughs> the three things you've got to get right. You've got to get these right. Um, and I'm going to start, and they, and they are in an order of importance, and so I'm, but they're coming in reverse order of importance. So number one is you've got to get your composition right. So, for example, if you look at my composition, by that I mean how I've made up the shot. So I've got this book bookcase over here that's just, it's only in about a third. Um, my head's near the top of the screen with a slight gap in it, and I'm central. So that's, I've composed it. So this something, it's a bit interesting, but not too much. Now, my, over the last 12 months, this has changed massively. I used to have a big bookshelf there that was full of time, and I'd see people sort of going like this, trying to read my bookshelf. Um, I've put a bit of coloured light behind me that I can change just for a bit of interest, and it also helps define around its backlighting, so it defines around my shoulders and around the back of my head, so it's just it's a bit better look. So that's the composition. So the couple of things you want to be aware of, uh, one is the rule of thirds. So anyone can just go to, to YouTube and look for rule of thirds video, and you'll see 
the screen is in these rule of thirds and you just want to make sure you're occupying. So if I sit here, that's okay. But if I'm sitting here with my head dead center down like that, it just looks a bit weird. So it is about, oh, now I'm going to stand up. Here we go. Um, oh, that's one thing I don't like is when I lean forward, my bald patch shows. Don't like that. Um, so get your composition right. That's the first one of the Holy Trinity. The second one is get your lighting right. Uh, so, again, there's a thing, just Google it, three-point lighting. And so I've got lighting directly above me. Uh, the I'm in a my studio, a.k.a. spare bedroom, uh, has an older-style house with an external light bulb, not a... Not a what do they call them? Inset LED lights. Down lights, yeah. Yeah, not a downlight. And so I've got a diffuser, just a, it's a normal light shade, which is a diffuser, so it has a nice spread on the ceiling. I have the light behind me, uh, and I've got a great big um, LED light in that corner, and I have the window on this side. And I have a second set of lights because I do quite a bit of work out of the US and sometimes Europe. And so when it's night for me, I have that light set up in to replace the window. So you get you're getting a little bit of shading, so it's not full on, but you just it's well lit. You can see me clearly. I'm not, I don't have light behind me, so I look like I'm a criminal who doesn't want my identity known. You know, being backlit. So that's it. And the third, the third, and the most important is get your sound right. You've got to get your sound right. Uh, so I use a shotgun mic, which is just in front of me, um, and so it picks up my sound pretty well. So would and you be able sound... to pick it, pick it up and just show us? I'll do one better. This is the little microphone. Now, uh, this is a spare because I have two. Um, these are a Rode Video Mic Me. This one I got um, from my phone. They, they, they're specifically designed for phones, but with an adapter cable, I got a 3.5 mil one. Security. That would be my uh, head of marketing. And head of bark. This is one of the joys of, and it used to be people would be like, oh, don't let people hear your dog bark. But now it's just everyone going, oh, yeah, you've got a dog. It's amazing. Number of people, you've got a dog. Here's my dog. And they pick up the dog and it's all wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, so this microphone, which pretty much, it does not filter out the dog, as you know, but it's picking up most of my, my voice here. So a little shotgun mic is great. Um, now, a lot of people ask me, what's the best microphone? It's not about the microphone. It's about the room. So if you're in a polished floorboards or tiled office, no microphone's going to stop the echo you're going to get. So I've got a carpeted floor. I've got some sound uh, absorbing tiles, foam tiles on my walls around behind me, uh, sorry, behind the camera. Uh, and I have, my, to be honest, I have my cupboard door open because that's where my clothes are in there because that's a nice sound dampener as well. And so that just stops a bit of the echo that can happen. So the, get those three things right, and that's a really nice foundation. The other thing that's really going to – so those three things again, uh, number one is your shot composition. Get that right. Uh, and also make sure it's stable. I've got a monopod that holds my camera, but have it so it's stable. So shot composition. Number two is get your lighting right. And number three is your sound. And that's the most important, get your sound right. It's worth taking time to get your sound right. If your vision's a little bit off, we'll put up with it. But if your sound's off, we'll hang up. It's that simple. Um, so those, those are the whole of Trinity. And the other thing that really helps you engage, look down the barrel of the camera. You've got to look smack down the barrel of the camera. Now, when you're on a an online session, often it's easy to try and look at the people and you'll do this. And But when I'm looking at the people, I'm not engaging with you. So you've got to train yourself to look at the camera. 
and we're looking straight down right in the eyes because that's how you connect with people, even though I'm not actually looking at you, but I'm looking at you. Yep, yep. Okay, and so if people are in like a, a business environment, they're just in a meeting, etc. these are still things that... that um, you can address so it might be as simple as where you position your laptop or the camera of your computer so that you have the natural light coming in so that you're well lit because there's nothing worse than you're looking at somebody you're explaining something uh, in a meeting or a client pitch and you just you know one half of the person's face is sort of in darkness it's it's hard to read yeah basically what you're after is no distractions and that's what getting the composition and the lighting and the sound is all about. Yeah. It's not going to make you a better presenter, but it'll give you less distractions. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Presenting, there's a whole other realm of being a better presenter, but there's, it's about getting rid of the distractions. In the same way, you want to look down the barrel of the camera, but you need your camera at eye level. So you're not sort of looking down. You know, the number of times people will just leave their laptop on the desk and people are looking down, so you're seeing more chins than ever before and more more nasal hair than you really had the desire to see. So it is about getting rid of any of those distractions, making it effortless, and it's all about making it easy. I love that concept of make it easy. Make it easy to watch. Make it enjoyable to watch. Make it so, you know, all these things won't make you better, but it will take away the barriers. Mm, absolutely. Um, so really good information there, but what benefits apart from the obvious do you see of online versus in-person events are there are there things that you can do in person that you simply can't do online look there's there's horses for courses and don't get me wrong i love face-to-face uh, -face events in that there's the the energy in the room is amazing and meeting with people is fantastic but there are certain things that you can't do and at the moment there's a certain level of safety that you can't guarantee uh, Australia is fairly good, but other places not so much. And so this online is really with us for some time. Geography no longer becomes an issue uh, because you can go anywhere. All you need is power and a, and a relatively good internet connection. Um, and so sometimes that can be a challenge depending where you live, but those, those are the foundation. What I like about online delivery is that it's, to me, more intimate. Because if I'm addressing a room of 300, I'm really only talking to the first three rows, maybe four. And anyone beyond that is either in the dark and I can't see them or they're just a small head way down the back. But when I'm presenting to 300 people online, we're all face-to-face. -face. We're all we're all got the same rights. We've all got the same perspective. And I can flick through my screen and I have mine. I use Zoom the most of all my, my technologies for, for meeting. And I look at 50 at a time so I can flick through and I do and I interact with people and I use their names and I play with them in a way you cannot do online. So it cannot do face-to-face. -face. So it is far more intimate in that manner. Um, and it is also more of a challenge because you're not in the room getting all the energy. So therefore you're getting... Um, you're not in the room getting the energy, so you're, you've got to provide more energy. And so really what you're doing is presenting alone, if that makes sense. So uh, it really looks at how do you use and contribute that energy or how do you get energy back from some of the other people who are there? So th that's the kind of things that you've got to really look at doing. So, yeah, it, for me, I, I love it because it helps me engage in a way and in a scale that to do face-to-face -face is challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, look, and there's the hippie greeny part of me that loves it for environmental reasons in that I'm not using 
up, you know, the carbon footprint of aeroplanes and driving my car and all that kind of stuff. I'm, you know, good to go. My transit time's 15 seconds from here to the kitchen. Uh, you know, there's all these really cool things like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's here to stay. Uh, and, and, and also, you know, I love the fact that, you know, one of my major clients now is based in the US and they love working with me. So geography is really removed as an issue. Mm, absolutely. Um, the only analogy I could think of that, that sort of made sense to me was the fact that it's like television and when you are presenting online to a group of people, it's like having a studio audience as you would a TV show and then when you're uh, presenting and you're not getting the energy, uh, it's a bit like presenting in an empty studio. So you might be doing like some of the sports panel shows or the news. The news doesn't have a studio audience with people going, oh, yes, yes, clapping about all that. They don't have a studio audience, but um, it's it's about accentuating who you are and, and sending your energy and your personality through the camera so that, you know, you, you're really making an impact you know, in, in much the same way as somebody in a meeting room just slouching in the chair has has one impact to somebody who's sort of leaning forward and, and listening to, to what somebody's saying in, in a traditional meeting room. So Yeah, look, one of my underlying tenets when it comes to presenting, regardless of your modality, is you have to be yourself amplified. Now, this day and age, we want that authenticity, and I believe rightly so. I think, you know, people want your stories. They don't want you to get up there and just say, how good am I? Because we don't care. Um, so we, But we want yourself amplified, so we want your personality. And so you can do that very well digitally and face-to-face, but it is a different approach. And, and my thing is, for the, those who are effective, the most effective in delivering online, it's not about creating a TV show. Because we now have audiences, let's face it, most people when you watch telly, you're watching your TV with your phone in your hand and you're seeing something come on and you're going to go, oh, who's that actor? I've seen them before. You're off to IMDb or you're watching face, looking at Facebook or Pinterest or, or something as you're watching telly. And, you know, a number of people who go out with their friends, they spend half their time on their phone. And part of it is because they want to be involved. And so, therefore, we have an audience who don't want to have it done to them. They want it done with them. And technology allows that because you can be in this, let's say you're using Zoom, but you can use all these other services where you can be taking polls, doing surveys, sharing videos, blah, 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 outside where you are. And so you can use that kind of technology so they're involved in it. So even if it's a pre-recorded session, you can involve the audience. And I'd strongly encourage you to do that. That will be so much more effective and so much more enjoyable. Um, as you say, you know, panels can be really great because there's energy, for example, now between you and I uh, that that is able to transfer through the, the, the medium of video that people will pick up on. So you can share that. So it really is looking at how do we create something that's going to be delivering value that keeps people excited about what we're talking about and they can actually do something with. So that brings me on to the next question, which I think we've sort of danced about a bit. What elements of uh, video meetings and video events do you think people underestimate from that online versus in-person perspective? To me, one of the most undervalued elements is the chat box. Uh, there's so many speakers I know who go, oh, no, don't use the chat box. I find it distracting. So, yeah, but it's not about you. 
it's for me the chat box is this is like you know when you go to a face to face and you're sitting next to a friend and you'll be just doing comments to each other or you'll be writing notes or you'll be you know and often it's not related to what's going on but it helps you recall it or it just locks it in or you know if the presenter's so boring and like yeah it's just like they need to know that they're not they're boring or you need to be engaged in something so the chat box is fantastic and i always encourage people to use the chat box in fact when i start my sessions i was almost started in the chat box to get people using it just so they feel they have permission and i'm a demon in the chat box i i love writing many 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 comments in the chat box um, and i have to control myself because i'm a bit carried away because it's another way of interacting with what's going on whether you're asking a question or referring it to someone else or cracking a joke about what's happening it's a very humanistic thing so i like it and as long as it's respectful and you're not heckling um although if you're running an online comedy session maybe a heckle is appropriate but it's you know horse of a but i really like the chat box i find that 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 is valuable because if you're not letting them use the chat box they're going to go to Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp or something else and be chatting anyway because that's possible. So mm-hmm. get make them part of it and at the very least you'll then have a recording of it afterwards so you can go back and address some of the questions. I know I love uh, when I am doing particularly webinars where, um, you know, there's um, a lot of information being imparted, but you want that collaborative piece. The chat's great. You know, I'll ask people where they're from, put where they are geographically, and I usually joke about how I don't mean what room in the house are you in. I mean, (laughs) you know, from a geographical perspective, where are you? What um, what city are you in? You know, um, what's the weather like? You know, just things like that that make people feel like, um, you know, this is about me being part of this experience and it's not about you telling us whatever it is that you're going to be sharing with us, but it's it's a dialogue, it's communication. Yeah. And that gets back to what I said before, you know, they want it to be done with them and not to them. So the other tool that I think is really powerful is breakout rooms um, or or if the software you're using doesn't have breakout rooms but it allows you to have smaller rooms or functions or networking tables or whatever it is, they're brilliant, uh, and I I use breakout rooms extensively uh, when I do a lot of my work, and and I like to keep them to nice small groups. I'm talking four or five. That way, everyone gets a chance. If you've got seven or eight, two or three people can just sit back, uh, and so I want everyone involved. So three or four seems to work really well. And often I'll find is people come back and I'll give them 10 minutes or something and they come back and they go, oh, there was enough time. We were having such a good conversation. And I'm happy to leave them wanting more uh, versus going, I'm stuck in the main room with a bloke just telling me all these stories. Yeah, and, and on top of that, what I've noticed with breakout rooms is uh, it's total focus. When you do have like three or four, there's no, oh, who's that walking past or is that somebody with some food? I really need a drink. You know, <laughs> there's more dedicated attention than and, and it's um, you, you just sit in and you, you're far more present, I think, than you yeah. are in a, a physical sense. So uh, that's something I've really noticed that the the um, interactions and the relationships that people build in breakout rooms um, seem to be much more powerful than they may have been in a physical sense. 
Very much so. And because often, you know, people say, oh, we go to a live event for the networking and you end up talking to, the, to your friends anyway because it's just a bit scary to break into the network. But here you get dumped in a room with three other people. You've got no idea who they are, so you're forced to do it. And what I found is people will be in the main room, but they want their camera off because they're shy. But in a breakout room, they'll put the camera on and they'll engage. And so they're, they're enabling to do them because the technology has this wonderful thing of you feel a bit of a distance so I'm not actually physically in your face, so I can actually open up more. And so people are engaging and saying things and chatting in manners that they would never do face-to-face. -face. It's sort of like, you know, you get these keyboard warriors who go onto Facebook and say stuff that would they never do with our face-to-face. There is this level of anonymity that the technology provides that people love, and it allows them to actually share more, and I believe connect faster. Uh, we've had some wonderful results on some of the work that we've done with people truly connecting. Um, one of my clients, we've been running a session once a month for 12 months here in Victoria, and these guys have never met each other. And we did the final um, final breakup uh, last week, actually. And there were tears from everyone because they felt so connected to people, even though they'd never met each other face to face. So this is the power of what the technology can do for us when it's used appropriately. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we, we're running out of time. And I know that you and I, we, we could easily talk for hours. Well, what do you think moving forward will be different about events and, and I guess, online meetings from now on? Yeah, for sure. So there's this ideal of face-to-face -face meetings that people are going, can't wait to get back to normal. That is no longer normal. Normal is now what we're doing. Um, so that's going to happen. Face-to-face will happen, but I don't think we're going to have the massive face-to-face -face meetings of the thousands of delegates for some, for some time. We're not going to have the internationals that we had for some time. Um, it, some airlines have said that they, they don't, foresee going to the UK or the USA until 2022. So, you know, that's really going to stop things. Uh, online will continue. We've really embraced online and it's really worked well for some, not for others, but for most it's worked pretty well. So we'll continue to do that kind of thing. The technology is getting better. Zoom had a massive grab on the market and more and more competitors are coming out. But it's going to be hard to topple Zoom because it is so easy to use. At that ease of use, it's click, bang, works. Talk to anyone about um, the Microsoft Teams or WebEx or GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar. They're just a bit clunky. And so, you know, Zoom really is the, the king of the mountain on that. But there are some specific other events coming on. The big one that there's going to be a big focus on is hybrid. Now, I'm not a fan of hybrid. To me, it's like Frankenstein's monster. You get the worst of face-to-face -face and, and online shoved together. Uh, there is so much about hybrid that doesn't work, and there are so many pitfalls. If you do it well and you spend the money and you have the big support, it can be gold. But if you're trying to do it on the cheap, it's an absolute mess. Uh, so I would caution you, you know, get get some advice and I'm happy to give some advice on what the pitfalls will be. And sound is one of them. Sound is you can't just, oh we'll take a laptop and just shove it at it just doesn't work. Like there are so many issues that happen. So because you want everyone to have an equal uh, uh, experience. Another issue for events is sponsors. Digitally we haven't been able to provide the the same level of value that we can face to face. Um, and what we're trying to do is go, what do we used to have? Well, let's use computers to do that. So we mock up these 
digital booths and you click here for the video and click here to talk to a person. But the joy of sponsors at an event was you could just walk past and start a conversation about something and if you didn't want to talk, you could keep going. Whereas online, you know if you click speak to a person, they're going to try and sell you something. And we hate to be sold to. So we have to come up with a way where we can better support our sponsors and help them get good value for money. Mm, mm. Um, now, I know you've done production as well as MC and, and host online events. What does that involve when you say you do production? So for me, what that means is there's the, the briefing with the initial client. It's looking at what's the flow. It is looking at and giving advice on, you know, because you, you have a natural energy for an event where you'll start with not maximum energy because you don't want to come in going, hey, everybody, you know, and scare them all off. But you'll have a bit of something and then you'll sort of maybe let it lull a bit, then you'll lift it right up and then you let it lull and then you want to end on a high. So this managing the flow of who your speakers, what your topics are, particularly if there's internals because let's just say the internal finance team are presenting, you're not going to do that straight after lunch because people go to sleep. So you've got to work out what's the flow. Um, you've then got to look at what is it that's going to be the best way to convey that information. Is it PowerPoint? Is it video? Is it how do we, if it's, so for example, I'm producing an award ceremony uh, in a couple of days. So it's like, well, this is all about your team. We need to make it about your team. Let's have a short burst of introduction video which shows how amazing it is, photos of your team. Um, let's celebrate, use some, some PowerPoint to hold the spots. Then we'll go to the um, CEO. We can spotlight multiple people as they're being talked about so everyone gets to see them. You know, doing that kind of thing. So a lot of button pressing. It's that combination of the AV team uh, as well as the host just making it all sort of run smoothly. Uh, and then recording everything and if appropriate doing a bit of edits on the recording to get like a highlights thing at the end of it so um it's a bit like being a movie producer and and having a story arc isn't it where you know you, you talk about what what's the outcome that people want and it might be recognizing people because it's an award ceremony so you know what are the elements and and being able to look at it objectively from the outside because we all know how easy it is from the outside looking in to go hey what about this this and this and to somebody they'll go oh i never even thought of any of that and, and that's it. And because I've now done so many live awards and then so many or live events and then online events, I have a better idea of what's possible. Um, and I also know what's possible within the budget that you have. So it becomes that how do we get the best value for money to, to showcase what we want, um, but also have it engaging. You know, we don't want it to be so whiz-bangery that people are just sitting at home going, can I press fast forward on this? Yeah, or yeah, that, that brings me to the, the next question. So we, we've talked about production, et cetera, you know, and, and probably a lot of people watching this might be thinking about more larger-scale conference events or, you know, uh, et cetera. Why should people consider having a facilitator or a production person or an MC to support their events? Well, it might seem obvious for those big conferences, what are your thoughts about having production support or a facilitator for internal meetings, um, events, team meetings, et cetera, in this new environment? Look, it really depends on what you're trying to achieve. Now, often, for example, if you're a sales manager and you're doing a weekly sales team meeting, chances are high you're not going to need someone else to, you know, help pull it all together. But if you're doing a six-monthly sales boost rah-rah, Having an external person can 
bring an, an extra level of energy. It can bring that uh, you're not getting your sales team going, oh, it's the sales manager again. Here we go. Oh, there you go. There's the same old thing. that. So it just it just lifts it a little bit. And doing some of those, the simple things that can be done mean that you're able to just add a bit of polish to it. So it just raises the bar a little bit and adds that uh, uh, professionalism or depth that you're looking for. Having said that, I'm always a fan of having a host. Host is someone who's just in control of everything that's going on and they are the focal point for it. And if something isn't right, they fix it or they stall until it's fixed and away they go. So it just means that we, no matter what else is going on, we know the host has everything under control. And if something something goes wrong or the speaker's pretty boring or whatever, or they're too excited, the host will get us back to normal, if that makes sense. Because, yeah. you know, you know, there's some of those speakers who go off when they're in your face and then you're shouting and Whoa! and they're like, and that might be great, but if you've got the head of finance coming up next or, you know, something like that, you need to be able to be calmed down and let your energy drop to be able to get be, be on that same level to be able to go to the next the next element. So it really is having that captain of the plane who just guides you where you're going and if an emergency happens can pick up and run with it. Yeah, so I also think, you know, based on what you're saying, it acts as a, a level of reassurance for the host oh, that very, somebody's got their back uh, and they very can much focus so. on, on what it is that they're there to focus on. And, and a lot of the time for these events, the the CEO or the sales manager or whatever, they want to be seen to be part of the team. They want to be schmoozing and enjoying the connection with their team. So it enables them to just do that and let someone else run the show. Now, if you are going to do it internally, you need to have someone who is running the show. It may be the CEO. It may be the funny guy from accounts. But you've got to make sure they know what they're doing and that they, they mitigate any of the risks that might happen. Mm. Wow. Um, there is so much that people should and could and need to consider about this new world moving forward, the world that we've sort of been thrust into, and we've just barely scratched the surface. So if anybody watching or, or our uh, video or um, listening to the, the podcast version of this um, was interested in exploring a conversation with you, maybe they're contemplating a hybrid event and want somebody to talk them out of it, or they want some help uh, producing an where should they go first, Warwick? Uh, look, the, the best thing to do is just head to warwickmary.com, W-A-R-W-I-C-K, Mary as in Merry Christmas.com, and I'm happy to have a conversation with them. And it's really interesting you say that, be talked out of a hybrid event. I had someone call me and uh, talk about this hybrid event that they were doing, and I said, and they just said, how much? And I said, I need to ask you a few questions first. And so I drilled down a few questions. And they said, well, we've spoken to three people and the others just said, yes, you're the first one who asked questions trying to find out what we're trying to achieve and told us some of the problems that we were going to have. And now that you've mentioned them, yeah, this is really going to not work for us. So they've now changed their mind. Because they're only talking about 50 people. And I'm like, why don't you just get 50 people in a room, get a bigger room so you, you meet COVID requirements or whatever. But the, there's no value in sending them to three different parts of the state. Mm, wow. Awesome. Look, Warwick, thanks so much for your time today and for your insights on virtual events and, and meetings. It's been uh, great to, to get uh, some information and insights from you. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for this Expert Insights episode. Until next time, this is Australian productivity and technology expert Donna Hansen. Have an amazing week. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Expert Insights Show. If you've enjoyed the show, why not subscribe via the podcast page on www.donnahanson.com.au or through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn or Stitcher. Until next time, as Donna says, don't forget to work smarter and not harder with technology.